0: This week's Impact Wrestling Press Pass Podcast, this is Ross Foreman. 1st like to uh, welcome in uh, a guy we all love, Josh Matthews. Josh, good afternoon. How you doing today? A guy we all love? Well, everybody loves you, Josh. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. How, how are you, Ross?
1: I haven't seen you in, 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 in a it while.
0: Forever. It seems forever. It are, are you good? I, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Are you hunkering down for a winter snowstorm? We're expecting it any day now, uh, probably tomorrow here in uh, the lovely Chicagoland area. What yeah, about you? Are you okay? ready?
1: It's already. Yeah, it already started. And, uh, I mean, it couldn't come a better time, right? It's the end of the week. we got Impact tomorrow night. Uh, I'm certainly excited for what we have in store for everyone this week on Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm just going through everything and then what we're going to see and and just what's uh, promising to be a great night. We've got uh, Eddie Edwards and Ethan Page, Jordan Grace and Dark Alley, LAX and OVE, and what I've been calling a rivalry renewed between those two teams. Scarlett Fordeaux is going to pick the winner of her talent search finally. Uh, Rich Swan versus Trey. And, and then we're going to get an update from, from Taya Valkyrie uh, as she's at home uh, convalescing, as they say, as she gets ready to come back to, to impact. Uh, so that's the show that will happen tomorrow, of course, on Pursuit and uh, Simulcast on Twitch. We're starting something new tomorrow on Twitch. Um, if you're a subscriber to our Twitch channel, and of course, if you have Amazon Prime, link your accounts, and, and you automatically get your, your Impact subscriber, uh, you're a your subscriber already, just by linking your Amazon Prime account. And uh, what we'll be doing during the breaks, when instead of going to break, uh, I'll be with you guys, and uh, I'll be commenting along. Uh, you guys will see me. I'll interact with everybody. My dogs are excited, um, and we'll uh, we'll try to get some stars from impacts, knockouts on there, I maybe mean, we'll some interviews. Uh, but tomorrow will be the first time that we try that. So, uh, you know, work with us as we work through the kinks and the issues and, and everything that we have going on uh, for the uh, Twitch simulcast. And uh, I'll be with you guys watching. And uh, during the breaks, and everyone else sees a commercial, you guys will see my beautiful face. So, Ross, I know you're excited about that.
0: I'm a uh, Amazon Prime. I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow night as well. What's your What's your uh, uh, Twitch handle
1: so I can ignore you? Uh, we'll skip over that one. It's probably like uh, I Love Josh Matthews or something. I don't know. Um, so that's, um, that's <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, uh, and then uh, let's see, where are we at here? Uh, January 25th and 26th, next Friday and Saturday. Uh, we'll be in Brooklyn on the 25th um, as we get ready for uh, Battle of the Bridge. That'll premiere on the 26th on Twitch, which is the following night, uh, less than 24 hours later. Uh, We obviously can't premiere on Friday because of the simulcast of the show, so that'll be on Saturday. And then the next night we'll be in Hazleton on Saturday um, for uh, uh, New Beginnings uh, with PC, no, not PCW, uh, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling, so that might be PPW. Um, We'll be in uh, Hazleton, PA, for that, and that'll premiere at a to-be-determined date on Global Wrestling Network later as a one-night-only. So that's January, February 2nd. We're in London, Ontario with Smash Wrestling. Uh, can't wait to get up to London, Ontario for that show. Um, that's called Brace for Impact. That'll be uh, live on Twitch on February 2nd. And we're in Vegas, uh, the 14th, 15th, 15th, 16th, 17th, um, with uh, packages, VIP packages available at impactwrestling.com. Tickets are available at samstownlb.com. Uh, so that's uh, February. I think that takes us through February. Uh, March, we're in Windsor. April we're a culture clash and, and then we'll, uh, uh announcements towards the end of, uh, uh a couple of weeks from now, um, as we get ready for uh, the next pay-per-view, uh, late April. So that's kind of the, the schedule. Um, and I think, um, I think that's it, Ross. I think I've got everything covered. We thank everybody that came to homecoming and, uh, was a part of that awesome show. And then, then impact Mexico, uh, another great trip down there, uh, this past week. So, uh, we've kind of hit the ground running in 2019 and, uh, uh, taking a collective breath over the next couple of
0: days before we do it again. Sounds great, Josh. I think a uh, perfect time to segue away from you to arguably the greatest knockout of all time. Let me uh, open up her phone and uh, where is it at here? Hold on one second there, Gail. Let's welcome in Gail Kim. Gail, how you doing today?
2: Did you just call me Kim?
0: <laughs> I said Gail Kim. How are you?
2: Okay, that's okay. I was going to say almost everyone calls me Kim, so it's okay. <laughs> I was waiting for an introduction like Josh got.
0: Uh, well, you you are the, the, the greatest knockout of all time. What else do I need to say?
2: I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> How are you guys doing?
0: Uh, we're doing great. How are you doing today? I'm sure it's a, a lovely day. Where, where are you at in the world uh, today?
2: I am in Florida right now, and it is 71 degrees outside.
0: So you're not expecting any snow like Josh and I are expecting?
2: No, but it does drop down to uh, in the 50s at night, so it's not as bad as you guys, but it is cold for Florida. Hmm.
0: Well, uh, let's, let's start right in, uh, Gail. A lot is going on in the knockout division, new yeah. champion. Uh, yeah. you, you wear stripes these days. Talk to us about where the knockout division is at.
2: Well, I was just talking about this, actually, to a couple of people, some fans, some other wrestlers. And I was saying this generation of the knockouts currently, they're starting to just come together nicely because we went through, um, you know, we all went through a transition period. Um, When I retired, I was transitioning to become an agent. And the girls were all kind of around that time there. And then with a few additions after that. So it's almost like a transitional period of gelling together. And I feel like we've found our flow. And I feel like the girls all have something very different to offer in terms of, you know, it reminds me of the first generation of knockouts um, when it was myself, ODB, Austin Kong, Tracy Brooks, you know, uh, a little flavor of. Different, a different flavor for each fan, uh, someone that they can maybe perhaps relate to or just admire. Um, it's just everyone has a different character, and I, I love it. I love how we just have a variety of, you know, characters, wrestlers, uh, sexiness from Scarlett. Uh, I truly believe that there's a place in wrestling for a little bit of everything.
0: Gil, do you think this is the most talented knockout session really? we've ever seen in the sense that you look at that lineup, and yeah. there, there every night you could say so-and-so could be the champion. This person could be the champion. Jordan could be the right. champion. Tessa, Tyo. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, well, that's hard for me to say because I'm going to have a little biased opinion because of the generation I came from. But I, I, I would say it's, like I said, very similar. And you just never know, like you just said, who's going to be champion um, because we do have – very talented women in the locker room who, you know, we went from Sue to um, Tessa to Taya. And I think you just never know. I think a lot of people thought that Tessa was going to be undefeated. And, yes, there's a lot of controversy in terms of, um, you know, my officiating at the homecoming pay-per-view. But, you know, it was just that moment just built up to that what happened and i'm gonna defend myself you know tessa was abusing authority at that point and i was going you know a lot of people said why didn't you just disqualify her and you know what that was the easy way out in my mind and when i went into that match i knew that i was not going to disqualify her um because i just had a feeling that that's where she would go
0: so clearly there's a little uh, bad blood with uh, you and tessa
2: I mean, listen, I, I try to. I really try to treat all the girls very equally, uh, no matter what the attitude is, but she just took it a little step too far, and I'm not going to be one like one of the other referees to be pushed around. I'm going to defend myself.
0: All righty. Well, Gail, with that, we're going to open up for some media questions. I know we've got a whole room sure. full of people wanting to chime in and talk to you, so... Okay. Uh, uh, media uh, star 6 to get in queue we ask you to identify yourself and your media outlet and please only one question at a time
3: q and a session has started to
2: ask your question please press star 6
3: Hey, uh, this is uh, Ritu from Sportkira. How are you doing, Gail? Good, how are you? I'm doing great. My question great. is as a proud Impact Hall of Famer, whom would you nominate for the class of uh, 2019?
2: As in, like the MVP, or are you saying someone to come in from outside the company? Can you clarify your question?
3: Uh, no, I mean, who would you say deserves to be in the Impact Hall of Fame? Oh, uh,
2: Impact Hall of Fame, yeah. Oh, boy, that's a hard one. Um, Well, I mean, there's a lot of obvious picks. Uh, They might be in different companies, so I don't know if it could happen, but obviously AJ Styles would be the number one top pick for, I would think, most fans and most wrestlers and coworkers and companies. I mean, he's outstanding and has proven himself uh, to be an MVP throughout all his years in wrestling so that would be probably the topic if that can happen um man um awesome kong could be a good one if you're going to pick a female i would say that it would be aj or awesome kong male and i would pick one male and one female
3: thank you so much Richard, who would you pick um probably
0: the same uh, uh guys no one else. You, you, you can't pick somebody else. You had a whole roster of of people. Nobody's so, coming to uh, for you?
3: Uh, so when Abyss was on the call, he uh, nominated uh, Mike Tenet, and he said he would be the oh, ideal.
2: Yeah. Mike okay. Tenet, yes, that's a good one. You know what it is? It's I think when you hear that question, you automatically kind of think your mind goes to wrestlers, but you're right. There's uh, a lot of people who contributed to the company, and Mike Tenay. that is I would not object. He deserves it 100%, and um, he's amazing. I wish he was still in wrestling right now.
0: Great. Thank you so much. And, Rija, we have no updates on when we're coming back to India.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to go.
4: Uh, hey, Gail, how are you doing? This is Jeff from High Spot Podcast and Bodyslam.net. Now, you obviously, as referee, said you're not going to be pushed around, but it does lead into the conversation whether, you know, you maybe have one more match in you or, you know, the fans are saying one more match. What would you say if uh, Tesla were to challenge you, if anyone else on the roster, were to try to, you know, make a name for themselves by calling you out? Would you be willing to okay. do one more match?
2: Um, you know, it's a hard question to answer. Um, I, I, I guess I would say it depends on the circumstances and how far I'm pushed. And also I think it goes honestly by how my body feels at that moment, because still to this day, since I retired last February, um, my back gives me a lot of problems, uh, on and off. I pretty much look normal in day to day to life, but, uh, that doesn't mean I can have a wrestling match. Uh, I am getting an update on my back, uh, currently just to see where it's at just because it was bothering me. So if I feel good and the circumstance did arise, I wouldn't object to it. Um, there's a lot of factors that would play into it. And, of course, I don't know. I mean, I would want to see how bad the fans want it, you know, because that's really what it comes down to is do the fans want to see it.
4: And it have to be the right circumstances, right? It have to be like, you know, a win-win, like, you know, a high-profile, something like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, definitely want it to mean something. And, like I said, I would really – if the circumstance did arise that the fans wanted it, then that would probably my number be the number one reason why I did it. Otherwise, you know, I mean, if nobody cares, why would I do it? Why would I put my body through that? Thank you, Gil. Yes, you're welcome.
1: Hi, Ryan Bowman from the Um, As the lady who kind of watches over the knockouts division, I'd like you to kind of give some expanded thoughts on two of the younger members of the roster, Jordan Grace and Kiara Hogan, and what you think their right. long-term potential is.
2: Oh, I mean, okay, let's start with Kira, for example. Um, even before she was with the company, I would say as far back as when Christy Hemi was with the company and doing kind of backstage stuff with the girls, and I was still an active wrestler, uh, we were talking about her back then, and I just... I just absolutely adore her and see so much potential in her. And I mean, honestly, I'm really impressed lately because when I'm at TVs, I'm kind of, uh, I'm with the girls all day, but I don't really get to experience anything besides the wrestling part of it, uh, in terms of pre-tapes and her interviews and everything. And I love when she's talking. I mean, I truly do connect with her and feel her when she's, um you know doing interviews and cutting promos um in terms of her wrestling she's i feel like she's at this point where she's starting to improve and i think she's only going to get better uh jordan was obviously made a mark i think a lot of people who didn't know her saw her at all in And everyone was, even myself, I I had seen her at a seminar before that, and I knew that she was very, very passionate about wrestling. I, I would say in that seminar out of probably 15 girls, she was the one that stuck out to me as being the most passionate because she just had this incredible knowledge of wrestling and wanted to just badly you know get to that spot of being on tv and i think she's had an incredible 2018 going from all in to impact and i think she's really going to make a mark i had no idea she had been working for eight years actually (laughs) i thought she had been working for a couple of years and um at least we know that she is a polished individual Uh, obviously there's always room i like i said till the day that i retired i always tried to learn and get better and uh be the best and i think that's what we're going to see from her
1: Thank you very much.
2: You're welcome.
5: Hi, Gail. This is Ian Carey from SE SC Scoops. And uh, the Rosemary, Sue Young, and Dark Alley storyline is a little different than what goes on in the rest of the division. Can you talk a bit about their rivalry, what it brings to the Knockouts division, and perhaps what some challenges mm-hmm. are in having a storyline like that?
2: Yeah, Um, You know, I think it's the first time that I've ever witnessed in my time female dark characters um, of this magnitude. Basically, back when I started, it was kind of like, first off, there was only room for girls who looked like model-like. And, you know, in WWE at the time when I entered, there was a certain type that they were looking for. And then I feel like what really broke the mold was the original Knockouts Division when we had a variety of characters like ODB and Awesome Kong and things you had never seen before. Um, and then it kind of opened that door to different type of characters and Rosemary came along and Sue Young. Uh, you know, she made that transition from, because she's been wrestling a really long time, and now we have Dark Alley. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll say they proved me wrong because I always felt like, there isn't enough you know there isn't space for three dark characters and you know how are people going to react to that but i have to tell you oh my gosh i mean rosemary's the most over knockout we have and she's been gone injured for a long time and uh, i think that the kids love it especially i think that the fans love it i think it's different i love that we're doing something that hasn't been done before um i mean right now impact wrestling is just Doing everything right and taking risks in terms of what they are putting out there, and I think it's been successful so far.
5: All right, I'll put you on the spot with a follow-up question. Do you think Rosemary can bring the good out in Alley again, or is Dark Alley here to stay?
2: Wow. Hmm. Well, right now it seems like Dark Alley is here to stay. We'll we'll see. I mean, I I'm actually pretty interested in. Being a future program or feud with the two, so I, I'm almost hoping that Allie does start stay dark. I'm interested.
0: <laughs> That's great. Thanks so much. Yeah, Ian, you, you, you want you want the the Ali we know and love, or you want Dark Allie?
2: I want Dark
5: Alley. Uh, I, I gotta <laughs> tell you, I've kind of been liking Dark Alley quite a bit. And she's gotten some big wins since she went dark. I, I mean, she, she beat Kira Hogan there. Her and Sue Young got a victory in tag action. I think uh, Dark Alley is how Alley uh, wins the Knockouts Championship in 2019.
2: Nice. I like
0: it. Well, that's three for three on this call. I <laughs> want Dark Alley. Yeah.
1: Hi, Morgan Richards here from Radio Cardiff in the United Kingdom. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Uh, So, as you've mentioned, you've competed all across the world in your career. You've always been so proud of Impact's knockout division. For you, what's really separated that from anywhere else in the world? What makes it so original? Has it just been great to see the differences and popularity in the division over the years?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, we've gone through some different phases, but I feel like the Knockouts division has always been um, consistent from the day that they created this division in having a various amount of girls, uh, or sorry, various types of girls and characters. And they've never strayed from that. They've never, um, you know, tried to go, I mean, maybe here and there, they've done some maybe sexier... uh, free tapes or things in the ring, uh, here and there, one off, but they've stayed really consistent in making wrestling the priority, um, keeping the characters true to who they are. And I feel like that's the winning formula for us. Um, I mean, to this day, uh, for example, I was just saying on the last question that Rosemary is the most popular knockout and she's been Uh, She's been injured for a long time, but people just absolutely love her. And she's very different in herself. You know, she's not that typical knockout or diva or whatever you would see uh, prior, you know, years ago. And I I love this evolution of wrestling that um, people who are just characters or, you know, you can relate to or uh, connect with are okay. And I love it.
1: And just a quick follow-up to that, of course, yeah. is there anyone outside of Impact that you really would love to see at the knockouts division in 2019 or the near future?
2: Oh, there's a couple of girls, I guess, but I almost don't want to say it because WWE signs everyone. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> snatching up everyone, making slim pickings for everyone. Um, I just heard that Viper just got signed. I, I don't know if that's a rumor or not. I don't know if it's made an announcement, but I loved Viper in the UK. Um I, there's a girl named Shotzi Blackheart here in the Indies that we used once, um but then she got injured straight after that. I see a lot of potential in her. There's a girl in Mexico, Kada, that I really like. Uh, there's a couple of girls in Mexico actually that now that we've been doing our tapings in Mexico Mexico City and uh, that work with AAA that I get to uh, be exposed to more independent talent, which you know we're always looking for. Um, but like I said, it seems like... Now everyone's kind of getting scooped up and um, I, I just want more of a pool to pick from. So if you know any other good girls internationally let me know. I think all the Japanese girls are pretty much taken it seems like.
1: Yeah, everyone looks like they getting signed up so it's very slim pickings as you said.
2: Yeah, it is very slim pickings and um, I know now there's a couple of people that I've heard um, have turned down WWE because they know that there's just it's almost like you're going to drown in that pool of talent uh it's very difficult so um i think right now is a great time for independent wrestling um for all these smaller companies like uh you know the up-and-coming companies and ourselves the competing companies as people would see i think it's a great time because people can just make a name for themselves outside of that uh bubble and you know, uh, hopefully one day get to the point where they want to be, whether it's there or somewhere else. But I think it's just a great time for wrestling in general. Fantastic. Thanks,
0: Gail. Thank you. Gail, we're going to go to a question here from Susan Tithery. She would like to know, what was the (laughs) transition like for you from the ring to the producer area?
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. That's a good question. I think in the last couple of years of me being active, I kind of started helping the other girls, and I guess it was a natural progression. I'd say once I decided to retire, definitely I I was afraid. I, you know, if you've ever seen the movie The Wrestler, it's kind of depressing, but I was always concerned about how I was going to feel after I retired, you know, depressed, or was I going to miss it? And um, I think because of my physical being and feeling, you know, like my back was hurting me. I think it was um, it kind of was a reminder all the time of why I retired, so I, I don't miss it as much as I thought I would, and I think also being a producer agent helps me be get my fill, basically. I'm so fortunate to be able to stay in the business, so I don't have to miss it. Uh, I think also Going from being a wrestler to an agent was a big change because I felt very confident as a wrestler, and not that I don't feel confident as a producer, but it's actually a learning process for me. Yes, I know wrestling, but now I got to learn a whole new role, so I think that was challenging. But pretty much, they threw me into it from day one, and I think that's the best way to learn.
4: Hi, Gail. This is uh, Nick Hausman from Wrestling Inc. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Good. Uh-huh. Thanks. Yeah. So I did have the uh, privilege of getting to talk to you like two weeks ago, um, and in our in our chat, I uh, talked a little bit about Scarlett Bordeaux and her her role in the Impact uh, Knockouts division. She did that lap dance segment with Scott Steiner. It's done like almost yes. a million views on YouTube. What <laughs> oh, do you? Wow! I
2: didn't know that. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah it's, yeah. it's like done. A, it's it's gotten some eyeballs. What do you think we can? learn from that and do you think we will see a a sexier impact knockouts division because of things like this?
2: Well, definitely. I think there is room for that. I always have believed that despite probably people wouldn't think that I would think that, but I think there's a room for everything. I think there's room for a strong women's division. I think there's room for female managers, interviewers, um, sexy roles. And I think that, uh, obviously You can see, just based on the clicks, that it was a very popular uh, thing, and people want to see it. So, I I mean, I would like to see more sexiness, uh, but also still have the wrestling, obviously. um, Who knows what we're going to see? I know that, I don't know if it was you that told me that Don Callis had said in an interview that we want to go in that route, and I think it's a great idea. I do.
4: Uh, and, uh, I guess I'll follow up. I, I got to be at homecoming, which was great. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the X division match. And, you know, uh, kind of hip thing right now, I guess they're doing in WWE is women's first matches. Uh, would you like to see a women's X division match? Do you think there would be a a place for that?
2: Someone just asked me that actually the day of the pay-per-view, they're setting up the whole, um, the whole setup for that match. And, it's funny because when I was active years ago, one of the writers had approached me about that and they said, do you think that we should do one? And, and I, I, it's just going to probably sound wrong when it comes out of my mouth, but I am one to want the best. So I want the girls to have the best match. I want them to steal the show. And I always felt that way as an active wrestler. And uh, that. Truth be told, um, maybe some women can prove me wrong, but I think that that match is a lot of upper body strength and I'm not sure how many girls can execute it to that degree. And I feel like we would be compared to the X division. Um, maybe if we had come up with something that's similar, that's not the same, um, I think that that would be more realistic, um. Because I remember, for example, for me, it was always, if I had a magical match that I was so proud of and we had to work, I had to work the same person after that again, it was always about topping that last thing and being the best, like I said. And if I didn't feel like I could, you know, I, I, I just, I wouldn't want to disappoint or... Be less than so. I think in that style match, it, we wouldn't. I don't know if we'd be able to surpass sex division, guys, because they're so, so super athletic. I don't cool. know. What are your thoughts on that?
4: I mean, you know, I, I kind of take what you said as like a challenge to the women in a way, and I could see how if yeah. you and say, "F you, Gail Kim," you know, you don't think I can do an <laughs> X Ultimate X match because I don't have the upper body strength. But I mean, you yeah. know, you're. I, I'm not. I'm a man. What do I know? You know? Um.
2: <laughs> hey, I hope that the girls do have that attitude and that they want to do it and that they would do it and that they'd kill it. Um, I guess I'm just trying to be a realist right now. And, uh, for example, you know, my match with Taryn Trell, last knockout standing a long time ago in anniversary right after that match for TV, they wanted us to have another last knockout standing match. And I said... I- Honestly, I I don't even want to touch that match. I don't want to be compared to it. I want to leave it as it was, and then I fought for a ladder match. And I'm so glad we did because it was completely different and, you know, wasn't going to be compared to that last match. And um, I just think overall, in my mind, for the body of work and how how it comes out, the results of it.
4: Yeah, and I remember that match with you and Taryn. What's uh, I I don't want to take up too much time. What's Taryn up to? Is she yeah. wrestling? No, not wrestling? I don't know.
2: She's not wrestling. She's doing stunt work, but I know she wants to come back to wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. She does She's miss more. it, just like everyone else that enters this business, I think. You know, I always I always tell everyone uh, wrestling is like the mafia. Once you get in, you can't get out.
4: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm terrified. Thank you very much for the time, Gail. I appreciate <laughs> it.
2: Okay. You're welcome. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, okay, I think that uh, question uh, is, uh, Nick's first question is a perfect segue to the question we got here from Ken B, who would like to know, what is your relationship like with Scott Steiner, and do you have any crazy okay. backstage Steiner stories?
2: Oh, boy. Mm, no, I hate to disappoint on this question, but um, I've worked with Scott through the years, very on and off, and... I will say he cracks me up. I he's one of the he's probably the one guy at the top of the list that I love to watch um, do promos. He's just so entertaining, and you never know what's going to come out of his mouth.
0: You never want to give him a live microphone. Is what you meant to say?
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I like it. No, I I think you guys should because I like to hear it and see it.
6: Hello, this is Carlos from IndieProWrestling, IndiePW.com. How are you doing today, Gail? Good. How are you? Pretty good. So yeah. a couple of days ago, um, the CEO of Anthem, Len Asper, went on Twitter, and he was thinking, you know, Impact Wrestling for doing great shows. One of the fans said, "Would you be able to bring Impact to Chicago. And he says that they are in discussions for a Chicago show. Uh, do you have anything that you can add that, like, as a comment, would you guys be interested in working with, like, one of the local promotions to kind of, like, run the show, or do you guys have any venues in,
2: in oh, i You know, in terms of those types of decisions and everything, um I am an agent, and that's as far as it goes, so I don't know that kind of information. Um Okay probably better relying off of the anthem tweets uh because they would know more but uh, absolutely i think we should be hitting up chicago new york uh parts of texas um you know the northeast those are the most popular areas actually los angeles has become really popular for wrestling as well on the west Coast. So I think that, yeah, we definitely need to hit those towns, and uh, Chicago's always the top of the list, because they've always been very passionate about wrestling, and always draw a crowd, so I hope we get to go there. There's been a couple of cities that I've suggested, but um, I never know what's going to happen. I mean, I can just only suggest.
6: Yeah, definitely. I know what you guys mean, but I would definitely love to see some kind of, like, partnership to kind of, like, build up the fan base, you know, so that people who are already excited for like such and such company to come over, you know, and watch impact.
2: I agree. Uh, you know, it's been a winning formula so far. You know, once we started doing this a couple of years ago, uh, working with local promotions in those cities, working with AAA and, uh, all these other companies internationally, I feel like it's just really worked. I mean, when we did the Lucha underground show at WrestleMania last year, uh, it was, it was a success, and I want to see more of that. I love seeing everyone kind of work together to make wrestling great and give a variety of um, options for fans.
6: Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Hi, Gail.
2: This
7: is Alex from Slam Wrestling. Um so- oh, Canada,
2: yes. Yeah, it's Canada. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of um, wrestlers have been very open about, you know, their life on the road, the, the good parts of it, the bad parts of it. And I'm
6: just curious with all of your experience, what were like the, the peak
2: of your traveling experience and like the
6: pits of them?
2: Okay. Um, uh, people are probably going to say I sound bitter or something, but everyone that knows me or follows me on social media knows I just get straight to the point and I'm very direct. I would Mm -hmm. say for me, my peak of my career and happiness was always working outside of WWE because it was a lot more independent. Yes, it was less stable, but it's almost, exciting, I guess you could say, (laughs) Um, to live like that, but I traveled, this sounds crazy, but I traveled way more internationally after I got out of WWE uh, just Mm -hmm. because I was never really booked on the overseas tours. Once in a while I would be, but not fully. Uh, I got to see much more of the world outside of WWE um, and I was just happy and relaxed when I was in TNA and passed on the road and just doing other independent shows and um it's just a different world you know so i think when you're in wwe i think it's a great time for young wrestlers um or who or wrestlers who have never experienced it but and i think everyone should experience it i always tell them despite my experiences there i always tell every wrestler you need to experience it if you have not um You do have to give your life to them. They literally want you to eat, breathe, sleep it. So I think it's great for people who are entering the business and maybe in the prime of their career. But I I think I always try to remind people who have been there a long time that I still speak to um, that, Sometimes they forget there's a real world out there, you know, because you live in this bubble and you're constantly on the road. And when you come home, you're so exhausted and then you have to get your errands done in a day and then you're back on the road. So it's 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 very hard. So I I, I give it to them for sticking to that schedule. It's a lot.
4: Oh, for sure. Thanks. Yeah,
2: Yeah. you're welcome. Why,
0: why didn't uh, Greg call, call in?
4: He leaves all of
6: the uh, the stuff up to me now. I'm like one of his uh, his new little star writers, if you
0: will. I know that. <laughs> I just wanted to oh, we say hello.
7: I will. I will. Hi, Jim Stephanie for Searcher Magazine UK. Hi. How are you?
2: Good. How are you doing?
7: Oh, great. Uh, my best wishes for this new year to you too, Ross. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, my question was, um, do you think, like, yeah, the sky is the limit for the knockouts? Uh, we already saw last matches, uh, last knockout standing matches, uh, even coffin, uh, coffin matches. Yeah. But um, do you think? Yeah, the sky is the limit, and maybe we can go to to things like our Iron Woman, sorry, Iron Woman matches, and why not intergender matches? Thank you. Yeah.
2: Oh yes. I mean, I think that the sky is the limit, like you said, and. You know, I just had someone else ask me about whether the girls can do an X Division uh, type match. And um, I I hope that they prove me wrong because I kind of just said I would like a different style match so that they don't get compared to the guys because uh, I always want the best and I want them to blow everyone away. Um, I think that as long as the girls are comfortable and I think that every girl wants to far exceed the fans' expectations, I I don't see any of them turning down any type of match or a challenge. So I hope that we get to see it. You know, uh, I would say in my years with TNA Impact, I had field cage matches, the last knockout standing matches, the ladder matches, the street fights, no DQ. I mean, We've had it all for years, so I don't see why we wouldn't continue that. Um, We just finished our tapings in Mexico City, and there is going to be a street fight we're going to see from the knockouts, so definitely tune in.
7: Can't wait to see that.
2: (laughs) Um, Another
7: one, Uh, another promotion uh, announced this Monday the, um, the return of the Women's Tag Team Division. Yeah,
2: and is it something you want to see back? See come back on Impact? Definitely, I think that I think that if we add a few more girls, though, I think Impact has been really great at um, making most of the girls, if not all of the girls, a part of the show. And so we have two storylines going or two feuds going on at once. Um, so that's great to see. And I, at at the moment the state of the knockouts I feel like they don't necessarily need the tag team titles right now because the story is interesting enough Um, but I I have seen a lot more tweets about that since WWE has introduced the tag team uh, uh, titles to their women's division but they do have a lot more girls than us so I think that if we added some more girls I think that that could be maybe a discussion that could come up
7: Okay, and if I yeah. can have um you, so I'm from France, and uh, you you're absolutely a great inspiration for many women, and in my case, I would say you you're definitely one of the the people in this business that I've always uh, always been an inspiration for me.
2: Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. Was, uh... No, that's, true. that's very true. Sorry? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't hear that last part. No, but that's very true. Oh, thank you. I really, I really, really uh, appreciate that a lot.
0: Yeah, we'll move from that uh, to a question we received from Mike Gilly, who would like to know, what is the match you're most proud of in your career? (laughs)
2: Um, There's two, but... mm. Okay, so one as a babyface, one as a heel. Uh, Babyface against Austin Kong, uh, no DQ, final resolution. The only reason why I would say that had a little bit of an edge... um, over the last knockout standing with Taryn is because we had a lot more time, I think, and I think the storytelling was better in that match. Um, But I'm equally proud of both. I feel like they were both in two different times of my career and definitely appreciate both um, because there's very few what I call magical moments that you have in your career, and those two were both magical moments.
0: Yeah, you've talked about your your back. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll take a question here from Golden Jet Ben. I don't think there's in okay. relation to Golden Jet Bobby Hall, but that's just <laughs> me. Uh, Golden Jet Ben would like to know, what is the most painful move you've taken in your career or you, most painful moment in your career?
2: Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, oh. I don't feel like anything. Oh. There was one, because normally all the – big huge things you've seen me do that looked devastating weren't as bad as they looked i guess you could say i always walked away pretty good there was one match with uh madison rain i had in miami lockdown pay-per-view and i gave her a neck breaker in the steel cage match uh a neck breaker from the top rope when we both ended up landing in the ring and i remember i just and walk for days after that and i feel like that was kind of the turning point of where my back started deteriorating um but you know we're insane and i wouldn't take it back for the world <laughs>
6: Hi, Gail. This is David Dunn from New Zealand Pro Wrestling Informer. Uh, I've got a question about this week's Impact. Uh, using the lineup as an example, we've got Jordan Grace versus Ally, We've got the Scarlet Bordeaux's talent search. There's an update on Taya Valkyrie. Uh, that means that knockouts are featured in at least 50% of all the advertised segments. How does it feel to have the knockouts division featured so frequently
4: and so prominently on Impact Wrestling? Oh,
2: I'm so proud. I mean... Well, first off, I have to tell you, Australian accents or New Zealand very similar. <laughs> I love them. My favorite. Excellent. I always tell my husband, I always tell my husband I like them more than the British accent. Um, I had to say that. Sorry, uh, I'm so proud because you know we've gone through our ups and downs, but I will say I feel like the knockouts have kind of always been that consistent for Impact Wrestling TNA back then. Um, they've always done really well we've always and the company has just done an amazing job of knowing that and including them and really wanting them to be a part of that show uh, very frequently and like you said i think that they just add to every segment i think the knockouts are very special and uh in a male dominated you know world it's always the females are always going to kind of stand out and the girls have been doing an amazing job especially lately and I love seeing the mix of uh, Scarlett and Jordan and Tessa and Taya, like you said. It's, it's amazing. I, I love working with uh, just, you know, everyone has different strengths and weaknesses, and I just love playing up to different aspects of all of them.
6: Absolutely, I agree. Looking forward to watching it this week on Switch.
2: Yes, thank you.
8: Hi, Gail. This is Kevin with WrestleZone.com. Pleasure to speak with you. Um, Recently, uh, earlier, we had a caller mention the video this week with Scarlett. It's a very very, uh, provocative segment that was on impact and now reaching near a million points. Obviously, people talking about the balance between a more more provocative, sexy characteristic to the, the legitimate athleticism that you guys have already compounded there. What's the balance creatively that you think can be made there, where you, where you can have all those fun, playful segments with some flirtatious stuff there that hasn't been seen yeah. in wrestling in some time now with the legitimate action that fans now feel is the new standard.
2: Right. I, I feel like, like I said, there. there's always been room for both. It's just a matter of doing it. And um, it doesn't have to be all wrestling or just all sexy. I think that you can always... Like I said, at my first time in WWE, there was such a great balance of that great women's division on Raw, where it's like Trish, Victoria, Jazz, Molly, Ivory. And then on the other side, you saw like Stacey Keebler and Tori and Dawn and like all these girls who nested, who were fine with being in the ring, but maybe were not as passionate as the pro wrestling aspect of the business. Um, maybe they just like to entertain more. And I love that. But, you know, I know Scarlett can wrestle, and I'm very sure that she's open to that as well. So I like to see a blend of it all. I think the fans like to see it. Um, there shouldn't be any um, rules on, you know, I get it's the women's revolution, but girls can be just as confident and strong in that role as they are in wrestling.
8: Now, you mentioned somebody there that you've been in the ring with before and you've had title matches with before, and that is Victoria, now known in impact (laughs) as Tara. She uh, recently announced that this year will be her final year in the ring. Uh, Oh, uh, she did? uh, What do you think is the standing part of her legacy kind of going into the final run for her? And could we see her maybe have maybe a, a cameo, if you will, in Impact in the future?
2: Yeah, I I would hope so. You know, I I really truly believe she was one of my favorite opponents. I mean, she was definitely my favorite opponent opponent in my first run with WWE. Um we just quickly became really good friends and are friends to this day. And if you've ever met or talked to Lisa, her real name, she truly is the life of the party. She's so fun and uh people just love her and are drawn to her and She's always worked so hard and has been so giving to everyone, just a good soul. And I think that she never got a proper send-off, to be honest. And I, I hate seeing that. I hate when I see people, uh, let's take for in the male category, Christian of Edge and Christian type, you know, uh, type team. Uh, we never saw him get a proper send-off. I, I just want to see those people who gave so much to the business get that proper exit out that they can have closure and be content I was very fortunate to have that in my career and I want that for her as well so I think um I don't know what to expect I don't know who she's going to wrestle last and when this is going to be but she should be really proud of her career and who she has who she is as a person as well
8: You couldn't be more wrong about that. I I couldn't be more correct about that, excuse me. I've had the chance to, uh, no, i was just taking all that in I've I've had the chance to work with her in several events, and you're absolutely right about that life of the party thing. And I think that'd be a a great thing to see an impact at at some point in the future if it's possible. I would
2: love to see that.
8: Thank you for your time, Gail. Okay, thank you. Hey, uh, this is
2: Riju from
3: Sportskeeda again. So Ross began this call by calling you the greatest knockout ever. How was it retiring as the knockout champion after so many successful reigns?
2: Oh, wow. You know, I I just finished saying on this last call, I'm just truly grateful that I got the closure to the business that I or sorry, for my wrestling active career that I wanted. Um, I think that a lot of wrestlers don't get to achieve that they don't get to um maybe go out the way that they wanted or sometimes people have careers where it's ended abruptly by an injury or some other reason and so i'll I'll just always be appreciative that i got to end my career just on a great note and with feeling calm and satisfied um so i really hope for all those wrestlers out there that they can have the same
3: and a quick follow-up: What is your mm-hmm. opinion on Taya uh, Taya Valkyrie carrying your legacy forward?
2: Oh my gosh, I just absolutely love her. Um, Taya is a fellow Canadian. You know, she's been wrestling a long time. She she has made her. You know, paid her due, She got trained by Lance Storm. Went down to Mexico. And lived there for five years. I mean, she's fluent in uh, Spanish. Uh, She's just come so far. And, you know, she was kind of away from us this past year because of some uh, issues with her travel and uh, immigration. But when she came back, man, I have to tell you, she came back as a new woman. Uh, I was really excited to see her. And she has blown us all away. I mean, the fact that she's become Knockouts Champion in such a short time since her return uh, says a lot, and I'm really excited to see her in 2019, and I think it's going to be her year.
0: Great. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Gail, that's, uh, I think we have to ask you uh, your reaction, your thoughts on what happened with Kaya, with uh, Johnny, and certainly with uh, Kevin Cross at the end of Homecoming.
2: Oh, I mean, you know ever since we're going back to Austin Aries when he was there and all the, you know, animosity that had been built up from that moment, actually with John Morrison um, from bound for glory. It's just been really interesting to watch from the sidelines and the intensity of it all. And, you know, now Taya and John being uh, champions in our company, it was supposed to be a great moment for this amazing married couple who are, amazing talents and, of course, had to get ruined. So I'm interested to see where this is going to go moving forward Um with John and Taya being champions. Uh, they've kind of had a little bit of rain on their parade lately, but I think they're going to come out on top.
0: Did Kevin Cross cross the line, literally?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, listen, I know that the women are tough and they can hold their own, but you just can't just can't do that you know you know you have your own part of your job that you're supposed to stick to and uh he just crossed the line as and as did Austin Aries back and you know it's just continuation of the disrespect towards the towards Taya and the women
7: oh Stephanie for search magazine again um Hi. Uh, I have another question uh, uh um, we, but well, you being a backstage producer, um, how is it to be maybe the only women around the right. table? who are building the 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 shows, and how how is it happening? Well, the, yeah. atmosphere, <laughs> the atmosphere. The I mean, atmosphere of moments when that's... you're building the shows.
2: Right. Um, Well, I will say that uh, I am one of the few women in, um, you know, these meetings or uh, the collaborations of the show. Uh, That's mostly, you know, a lot of the guys. And then I come in on TV days and do my part. But I will say as a woman, and I think no matter how, because the leadership that we have right now is so great and the product that we're turning out right now is so great and positive. Uh, that it's less of a challenge, I will say. It's just really enjoyable. But, you know, truthfully, I think because of just wrestling in general being more of a male-dominated business, we've always felt like, I've always felt this from day one, from the moment I got into the business, was always a fighting challenge to fight for the women. And I will say it's definitely gotten better throughout the years, especially currently um the guys are so open to hearing um our thoughts and you know this whole women's revolution that's been happening in the past couple of years has definitely helped but i think as a company impact tna even from back then had always respected the women and um i've never i think the challenge was always just fighting to be the best uh, so it's a challenge within ourselves, not necessarily with the company. So I think they've always been very open-minded, supportive, and um, they've always made us an important part of the company. So it's, it's been great.
7: Does that mean that you're also involved in the men's matches and the no. men are in, in the building of the female matches?
2: No, yeah, I'm mostly just with the females. Um, I focus on the females. And uh, I'm open to being with the males, maybe one day, who knows, you never know. Um, but I have, you know, a very uh, vested interest in the women. I, I, I feel like it's my little baby um, that I want to nurture and make the knockout division the best in the world. So I think right now I'm just concentrating on that. And that's my focus. But of course, very open to working with men as always but
7: the baby is beautifully gorgeous <laughs>
2: thank
1: you thank you I'm so proud <laughs> hey Gail Ryan Bowman from the gorilla com again um, a few of the company's former stars have made the same transition you did and have worked behind the scenes. Um, yes. Do you feel like as alumni there's sort of an emotional attachment in staying involved and pushing Impact because it's it's also identified with your own legacy?
2: Yes, definitely, 100%. Um, I think a lot of people know that, you know, Impact TNA has always, I mean, they gave me my opportunity, and without them I wouldn't have had the career that I had, so of course I have a vested interest in, um, you know, I've always said, and impact whether 10 years ago to today has always been a family uh a, a truly a family effort um and it, it's almost a better feeling to be part of some a group that is fighting together to be the best and you just have more of a satisfying feeling i guess you could say um But I I love it. Um, I've always been very loyal, and I've always enjoyed my time here, and I've been the happiest here. So all I want to do is contribute and give back to this company and help it come to the next level that it needs to get to.
0: All righty, Gail. Well, I appreciate your time very much. Uh, We'll give you the floor now for a final thought as we wrap it up for this week.
2: Well, thank you all for um, contributing to this phone call teleconference. Um, I'm really excited to see not only what the knockouts are going to be doing, uh, but I'm excited for the whole company and for the roster and with our new platforms on Pursuit and Twitch. And uh, like Ross had, and Josh had mentioned earlier in the call, that uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you're automatically a subscriber. So check us out. And I think that. Last year has been a major turnaround for our company, and I know it's just going to get better. So thank you for supporting, and keep doing it.
0: Perfect. Gail, thank you very much. Media, thank you guys very much. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Okay. Thanks, Ross.